0: hey 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 good morning it's a historic day it's a historic podcast historic historic yeah i gotta put buddy's um, harness on you we do the harness we don't do the uh, uh, leash around the neck because that's so strain puts too much strain on the poor dog's neck so this is Buddy's owner, Arizona Schnoodle Walks, the 22-pound schnoods, and we are on our way on this historic day, and why is it historic, right? Why is it historic? Well, it was like 40 degrees Fahrenheit this morning, and this might, might be the coldest podcast of the year. Of the last 24 months or 12 months, it's cold out here, folks. Whoa, 41! It just jumped to 41 at 8:15. And in the summertime, I do dew points for fun. Let's do it. at 66% humidity because I haven't done a dew point in a while. So 41, 66% on this January 12th. dew point would be, we said 41 and 66% humidity gives me a 30.7, 30.7 dew point, which is pretty low, right? But it's only 41 degrees out. So it's historic podcast because it's cold. And the majority of my Podcasts are in shorts, sweating. The sun is beating down in Arizona. I'm uh, just wearing shorts and a t shirt. But today I'm layered. I got um, a t shirt and two like little light sweater, long sleeve things. And I almost went out the door and I thought, you know, 41 is pretty doggone cold. So I got the jacket and I even have the scarf. Ah. So yeah, historic, what else? It's visually, it's another Arizona day, not a cloud in the sky. It could be, it looks no different than if it was 110 right now. Of course, the sun is in a position in the sky that the warmest it would be at this kind of sun position is probably about 98. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. I don't know why. I, I, I'm just feeling like I want to express stuff. So what? What? Uh, what is it? So what and what now? Yeah. So what? Well, thanks for listening to buddies owner. Arizona Schnoodle walks, and if you love dogs, you know, maybe that's why you listen. You love the dogs. Bud's cool, and I also have a theory this morning. See, Bud doesn't layer up; he doesn't get to wear a sweater. We have something for him, but I didn't give it to him. And because 41, come on, he's got a lot of fur today. But I do have a theory that he's going to cut the walk short, which is good for the podcast listener could probably play this one at 1x speed instead of 2x because it might only be a 25 minute podcast you know and uh sarcastically does that mean that's all i have that's all this, the planning i did is that all the content i have for you Is only 25 minutes of content is that is that why it's only going to be 25 minutes <laughs> <laughs> you only wish you only wish no, it's gonna be twenty five minutes or whatever length it is, is based on how Bud feels. So it really is Buddy's show. See? You you wonder, you don't you never hear from Bud, or maybe occasionally you get a bark or two. But it is all about Buddy. And you, it's about you too, because you are the hero. And I'm a hero. So sometimes I guess you listen in and see how's my hero's journey going, right? right? My hero's journey is different than yours, but is it similar? Because there's roadblocks, obstacles, some self-inflicted, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And what gets me down mostly is like the comparison, comparison uh, stress, you know, like other people have it a certain way. So why, you know, why can't my freaking life be easy? <laughs> but there's always that damn assumption about Well, other people's lives are easy. It's like, nah, nah, they're not. They're not easy. Your life's not easy, right? And I can tell you, you're not listening to me because my life's easy because it ain't. Right? It's weird, right? I mean, it's kind of, you know. And as far as the podcast listeners go, I mean, share with your friends. I don't know. I mean, I'm not marketing this podcast, but. I do get, I do enjoy having the listeners and I get a little bit of endorphin hit if people listen in because there, there's value here, right? There's value. I care about you. You're a hero, right? You need to hear that. And uh, it's Sunday morning, so I sense stress from my wife because she's, she's still going to the church, which I'm not opposed to, but it ain't for me. And yes, we had the stress earlier this week, the conflict, which I'm proud that I haven't reviewed the email yet, but I'm, that is, I've decided that's my Sunday morning church service today, is to read the email that was sent to me in response to... Um, the conflict where he thought reconciliation meant I'm just going to cave in and agree to everything these people believe, and it's like, no, I'm not doing that. That's not that's not that's not rec- reconciliation to me. No, no. So so he, he he left abruptly. and was pissed. But I haven't reviewed his email yet and i've let it i've sat on it you know i'm, I'm just sitting on it let it go and but it but i feel like this morning it's only like eight fifteen. church starts at nine and there's another service a second wonderful service of more quote-unquote false teaching <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah more false teaching and i discovered like well it's easy to criticize right i mean Shit, I guess I guess if you're listening to this, you're not planning on criticizing me. You could be, you know? Go for it. Criticize the shit out of me, man. I'm just a human being. One of seven billion people on the planet. Who happens to have a dog. And Bud's not cutting this thing short, by the way. He just he's he made a decision to go south, which means we're We're in for a long, longer walk than the 25 minutes. So I'm just tipping you off now. But you probably figured that out already because you pushed the play button and it told you how long it is. So the length of this podcast is the length that it's going to be. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I I have been listening to the podcast and I do laugh at my own shit. You know i laugh at my own stuff so i'll try to tone it down tone it down it's up to you to decide whether you laugh or not you know don't let me influence you yeah yeah that's part of my self growing self-awareness which is uh it's pretty good but i, I i'm still am still stuck on that stinking uh score i'm like way way below average by the way, on self-awareness. But if I'm in person with people, I usually look at them and pick up cues of how it's going. So I'm I'm pretty... I'm very social aware, I think. Social aware. But, yeah. So historic in so many ways. Is every day... Should we think every day Mm -hmm. is historic? Right now in this moment is historic, it's you. You are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, you're listening to this podcast and may it bring you endorphins and good feelings and vibe. But we gotta take those good feelings and vibes, vibes to the next next interaction and every interaction we have. Why not? Why not? So a couple of things come to mind. I've had this thought about enemies, right? Jesus, Jesus said, love your enemies. You've heard that before. It's a very common thing, right? But hopefully you've come to recognize that your podcast host here doesn't take the Bible at a surface level, right? And I was, I've always I been curious about that enemies thing the last few uh, months. So I finally broke down and Googled it. Googled it, right? I could have used a sophisticated Bible application or software, but I just decided, oh, gee, I'll just Google it. So it turns out that those instructions come from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and repeated in Luke, Luke, you know, enunciation, pronunciation. I occasionally get it right. And uh, so it's so far, it's fitting my three-month theory here because I'm going to comment on the concept of love your enemies. It might be controversial because what I'm what I'm going to suggest here what I'm suggesting here is that think of the context and to whom Jesus is speaking, right? So a lot of times like a, a pastor will oh, we're going to do the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the Sermon on the Mount. (laughs) I'm such an asshole, right? So, um, and I'm saying like, well, I I need this. Why not? Why stretch it out over six weeks? I mean, I need it all the time. I need it every day. Yeah, we we need the Sermon on the Mount every day. Some respects, right? Right, yeah. So, um, so what are my thoughts on the sermon on the mount? So, I, my view with this "love your enemies" deal is that, yeah, Jesus is speaking to Jews, right? Jews. I love the Jews. We love the Jews. I love Jews. Well, everyone should love Jews. Why do people? Why do people hate the Jews? But they, they do. And wouldn't it make sense that people hate Jews is because they're, they have the history of God, you know, I mean, they, they're very confident about, yeah, man, yeah, God spoke to the, one of our dudes in burning bush. And, yeah, we walked through the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you get it, man? God's on our side. The actual God. Who can do that? Who, who can split? The Red Sea, right? Yeah, yeah. And do you think they argued with uh do you think there's a bunch of Egyptians going around like, no, that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> and, and the Jews will be like shrugging their shoulders like, I don't know what just happened, man, but it happened. You know? And I don't know I don't know what happened, but it did. And whoever survived that Pharaoh thing kind of went back with their tails between their legs and went, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, that's my telling of the Bible stories. Don't we need different people to tell the same story in their own way? Yeah, that's my way of telling it. So these people have had God on their side. I mean, there's been evidence. Who's going to argue with that, right? So if, you know, and also it should really... Naturally, wouldn't you, if you were one of those people, if you were a Jew, wouldn't you be like, you know, uber confident? Like, yeah, man, we just we just walked through the Red Sea, a million of us or whoever, and, we, and it's like, yeah, that was cool. Now, we know that after that, it didn't stick, right? Isn't that the human condition, though, for all of us? We learn something one day and then it doesn't stick. So, um, back to the Sermon on the Mount, right? So, here's this: these people for a thousand years or whatever have been the chosen people. And the rest of the world hates them, right? I mean, shit. <laughs> what? If you're a Gentile, which is basically the rest of the world, and why even today we, we have anti-Semitism, right? It's because they're like, cool. I mean, it, the people are like, yeah. What's the big deal, folks? You know, God's God's on our side, right? That's that's the world in which Jesus wrought right? And remember, the guys didn't get it. Even the twelve people, the twelve disciple guys that were closest to him, they never got it anyway. I mean, they, up until the end, even even after the dude resurrects, Peter's still like, "Hey, uh, Hey, what what about John, man? What's going to happen to him? So so do you see how Peter, how I get so bent out of shape over Peter and how he didn't get it? He just didn't get it. Even after seeing the resurrected Lord. He didn't preach in Acts 2.14 because he was... He saw the resurrected Lord 50 days earlier and was just hanging out on the Sea of Galilee fishing for the hell of it one day. Didn't catch a damn thing. And then Jesus shows up on the beach and says, hey, cast your net on the other side. He's like, well, we haven't caught anything all night. Uh, All right. A bunch of fish. 153, I think. That's that's some uh, numerical counting. That ought to make people like me happy, right? They just like analyze the crap out of everything. And that's Johnny, Johnny boy, my man, right in the gospel, the last chapter 21. So I divert on that only because I'm back to the Sermon on the Mount. Who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to Jews. Jews. And we, again, I love them. We love them. And uh, what do they got? They got a history. They got they got a history. They've got um, the prophets. They have all kinds of stuff. So what else is Jesus going to say about loving? Right? Do the Jews not have enemies? They've had a thousand years of enemies. Right? So my point is, of course, Jesus is going to say, love your enemies because they're Jews and they got a crap load of enemies. So you're saying you're probably asking yourself, like, so what's the point? Right. Well, okay, I get it. Yeah, they had lots of enemies, but don't we have lots of enemies? And that's the three month puzzle I've been playing around with in my head with a gazillion other thoughts in my head. And I don't think we do have enemies, folks. Right? Most of us are Gentiles. So do we have enemies like the Jews had enemies? No. Do we have conflict? Yes. But does that mean that they're quote unquote enemies in the same sense that Jesus meant? No, I think Jesus was saying, hey, you guys are Jews and love your enemies, people. Now, is that significant? What am I about? You know, I'm like, well, guess what? When you Google it, nobody else says love your enemies, right? In fact, O, my favorite guy, Johnny. (laughs) Johnny the Apostle. Johnny man he he writes in one of his letters comments he says love one another yeah yeah so so why doesn't johnny in first john say love your enemies why does he say love one another now some of you may think real fast and go yeah oh yeah yeah that's a good point well what is that oh you mean you mean nobody else ever says paul never says anything peter doesn't say anything are you telling me that only john and first john says love one another and doesn't say love your enemies nobody else uses enemies peter doesn't say it i don't know what they're all there peter and john actually paul wasn't there but you get the point right so now that I do an exhaustive search on the rest of the New Testament, I'll just have to go push a few buttons to see. But I do not believe that anyone else uses love your enemies because it would have shown up in my Google search, which said it was in Matthew and Luke. All right, so we can look at it. We can look. But we do know that Jono, who was there, said love one another. Now, now, okay, here we go. I'm really loving these strengths analysis because my number two strength is Includer, include, include. And I'm like, what the hell is Includer good for? What, what, what is that? What is that? But that, that doesn't sound like a strength that anyone gives a shit about. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, you know, nobody says, well, Steve Jobs, man, he's awesome. He created Apple computer. And his number one strength was inclusion, includer. Now, or Warren Buffett. Oh, man, Warren Buffett. That dude was an includer, man. He was awesome, right? Or Jeff Bezos at Amazon. Oh, Jeff is such an includer, man. That's what his key to success was. The includer, right? So I have a feeling that Most includers, we go under the radar, man. We're under the radar. Um, So I like that includer thing. So it's like, uh, how does that relate to this? Love your enemies slash love one another. Well, here it goes. So my theory and proposal is... We should love one another, right? Now, again, some of you may feel uncomfortable with that and go like, well, no, I mean, John's writing to the church. And so when he he says love one another, he means that you should love those in the church. And I've been also drifting the last year or so about this love everyone always concept right? And everyone is everyone. And that's like love one another. That fits, right? So the first John does not start out, this is a letter to the church in umpty squat place. It just starts out with something like my dear children or something, right? And remember who's writing it, right? So I'm becoming quite anal about who's writing these words. And it was John, the beloved disciple, the guy, the guy that could have told anything to end his gospel. Anything. He says it. He's like, there's the stories about what Jesus said and did you couldn't fill the books, you know, with all those stories. And for those of you who are in the publishing world, you'd be like, yeah, that's great, man. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's publish some of those books now. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, but he does talk about Peter and the old, hey, what's going to happen to John? <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing. Nobody, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you're going to meet anybody who's going to think that's funny, you know, because we're all so damn serious about shit. But you, you go ask a pastor. That's that's your assignment for this uh, for this podcast. Go ask whichever spiritual leader you respect a lot and say, "Hey, man, I heard this wacky do- guy walking his dog, and he's talking about Peter at the end of the Gospel of John, and he he says that is." the great relationship, right? That is you, me. What is that to you? You follow me in the spiritual sense, you know? That's the mysterious gospel, right? And the gospel is kind of weird because that's why I have to use the gospel. The G-A-W-S-P-U-H-L, the gospel. Because what does that mean, you know? Is it just some dude? You know, I also had this thought recently of seeing images of this body, near naked body. You see a lot of them in Europe mostly, right? The crosses with this dude hanging on there. And, and it's not disrespectful, dude. I, you know what I'm saying? It's like that happened uh, 2,000 years ago. It happened. I believe it. I believe it. I'm respecting it, right? But do we have to look at it all the time? I, don't, you know, I mean, like, is not, did he not say that he was going to send the Holy Spirit? So that's why I'm back into my, my Holy Spirit groove. It's like, that's over with. Yeah, I get it. But that's just the start. It's, but the Holy Spirit opens the mind to understanding, not stressing out and working hard with knowledge, the old knowledge game. So, uh, my first recollection when I heard thought started tinkering around with the "love your enemies" thing. I started thinking, you know, I think Jesus is wrong about that. (laughs) So, and that's funny because you got to remember, I'm known as a contrarian and a contentious person, right? So, how can Michael say Jesus? Is wrong about that. That's blasphemy. Blasphemy. Right? Because I'm thinking, do we really? I mean, I, I, and this is a connection to like Viktor Frankl writing about life in a concentration camp. I mean, life has so many sucky things in it, right? There's just disasters and all kinds of shit going on. So, and is, are the were the to a Jewish guy in in 1942 were the Nazis enemies? I mean, the flesh, the logic mind, would say, "Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, they're enemies, hell yeah." And I'm thinking that, well. Victor Frankl survived because he, probably, he didn't adopt the attitude that these dudes were his enemy and he gr- gritted his teeth kind of went with the flow so to speak which is not a great practice in general maybe but maybe not maybe it's the perfect one he went with the flow and he he Found meaning every day in something. That's why I like his book. It's Man's Search for Meaning. And your expectations are probably like, I got to find that one thing, right? The book, the one thing. The one thing, I got to find it. You got to find the one thing. The meaning, yeah. City Slickers. One thing, yeah. But you read it and you find out it's not one thing. It's a new th- a new one thing every day. Every moment is a new one thing. You meet somebody, they're human, they're image of God, they're a person. And do I practice this shit like 100%? No. Do I want to? I think it's a better way to, for me to freaking live. It's a better way for me to live if I can treat everyone better, well. So do I do it all the time? No. Am I telling you to do it? Am I exhorting you to treat your people around you well? I'm sort of doing it, but I'm not. I am also admitting that it's hard work, and it's not. You don't have to beat yourself up. It's make make a step in that direction. So my contrarian view is that, you know, in a weird way, I I, like I can't. I know that Jesus isn't wrong about loving your enemies, right? What I'm suggesting is that like everything changes when he dies and resurrects, everything changes. And as I read the book of Acts, the initial problem is like, uh, we're Jews and we got it and we're fighting with other Jews who don't get it. But then now, now you're telling me Gentiles are believing, what? You know, we take it for granted that Gentiles are in this new faith, which started out being called the way. And then I think eventually in Antioch or something, people were first called Christians, you know, but that's because it was the Gentile problem. Right. And that's who we are. We are, we are the problem. (laughs) And, uh, you know, maybe it's Gentile privilege or something we have. And then there's Jew privilege. But that's, that's the us and them thing, right? We don't want to do the us and thems. So, how do I deal with the Word of God, the inerrant Word of God that says, Jesus, well, Jesus said, love your enemies. And I'm like, yes, yes, he did. He did. But do we really have enemies? And I would say, well, this is for me. This is for me. I think I have way more enemies than I really have, right? So that's a question for you. Like if you have limiting beliefs, so to speak, or beliefs that you have enemies, like bad things happen to you, like even simple things like driving down the freeway, and this is me, I'm, I'm such a quarter I could be, I think I'm a good driver, although everybody else thinks I suck at driving, right? But my 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 number one objective in driving is not to hit another car, right? Not, don't get in an accident, right? That's my thing. So sometimes, because I don't want to get in an accident, and I'm around a bunch of cars going 75, I may go 85 or 90 to get out in an open space, you know, because I'm not going to drop back and go, well, I'll go 65. Some of you might. Some of you might go, hey, I don't want to be around all these cars going 75. So you just like cruise back to 65. Well, that's your choice. That's you. Me, I go 90, 100. I'm just looking for space, man. I want to have space on the highway because my number one objective is don't hit anybody now other perceivers of me driving would say holy crap man you're going 90 what the heck you know i'll slow down i'll get out in front and i'll slow it back down to 75 but i just want some space but i'm not your enemy like if you're driving 75 and in a bunch there's a bunch of you and i kind of like weave i pass on the right you know and some people might go, well, you shouldn't pass on the ride, man. I'm like, yeah, but we're not in Germany, dude. Because that's the law of Germany. So I take a lot of leeway with the, the rules. So I drove in Germany for five years. And I had to fall in line with their rules, which I did, for the most part, right? But I enjoyed the unlimited speed. And I thought, well, that's, that's a nice way of driving. So I'm corrupted by my experience. So I come back to the US and I consider our driving style as a free for all. It's it's the variation. If you look at um, the Gaussian distribution, we have a much wider acceptance of what is not getting you pulled over for violating the rules. So for example, passing on the right it's not gonna get you in trouble in the US. In Germany, if a cop sees you do that, you're gonna probably get a ticket. And and it's not it's not like probably you will if some I mean, that's like the number one one of the biggest number one violations. It's like you do not pass on the right. So I'm corrupted by that experience and I'm like, Well, hey, we we do all kinds of wild stuff out here. So I'm going to do that. Not because I'm your enemy. It's just because you can't. Right? So a lot of, we have all this freedom here. So sometimes I think people are kind of like my enemy or not helping me or working against me. I said, they're not, they're not my enemy. It's just love everyone. Right? So I guess I'm twisting the love everyone to A level that I like, you know. But I think the upsides are huge. The upsides are love everyone. Some people are more difficult to love. You know, that's just, I'm difficult to love. I mean, that's what I guess some of the feedback I'm getting is, but I'm not their enemy, right? So I'm going to write this guy and read his email. And I don't have any expectations. I don't, I'm, I'm learning as I, part of my transformation and growth. Is I don't expect him to change for me, you know, to change his belief systems or whatever. But I do kind of expect him to still love me, care for me. And really, what I'm after is like if someone said, well, what do you want, Michael? What do you want, right? And I just want to be able to exercise my gift. And I don't have an avenue to exercise my gift, except for walking my dog, bud, my spiritual expression of prophetic word, right? I say stuff that people don't want to hear, you know? Like, I I can just tell already, like if I, some scholar of the New Testament, if I said, you know, if my first statement was like, I think Jesus was wrong when he said, love your enemies, (laughs) right? (laughs) Everybody would... Everybody would go like, oh, blasphemy. Oh, my God. How could you mean that? How how can you say that Jesus was wrong? And it's only because if you frame it in the Jew-Gentile context, which it was, and it's not that he was wrong. He was speaking in his context at the time. And I would say today, Jesus would say, love everyone always. Love everyone. Love everyone don't think about enemies. Don't think that this person's your enemy. And it's actually deeply spiritual too. And what I mean by that is people that we think are enemies are acting from their position of what they think is right. So my usually my mode of operation in the you know 50 years past 50 years is to 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 say hey dude I think your mode of operation is wrong so knock it off but people aren't really receptive to that are they <laughs> people aren't receptive to that so but it, it's it's the human condition we all are you know, doing what we think is in our best interest. Now, can we be often, are we often wrong about that? Yeah, we're often, we're, I'm often wrong about what I think is in my best interest, but I'm going with it. And, I, and, and there's gotta be a community out there, I'm sure there is, that gets it. They get this, this, this quagmire of human relationships. And maybe it comes down to negotiation, like negotiating win-win uh, arrangements, right? In all aspects of life, not just commercially and buying goods and services, but negotiating in relationships, your relationships. So you you may be in business and having to negotiate a contract or something. That's fine. That, that's typically you can get training on how to negotiate and uh, find those win-win things but more importantly is our relationship so we have people close to us and I suck at that too right I'm not saying I um, I negotiate relationships well because I don't And I'm sure everyone listening to this probably is way better at that shit than I am. And that shit isn't—I mean, I'm not down. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just because I'm so freaking casual. And if you've listening for a while, you probably get that. I'm just casual, bud. Are you limping? Did you step on a thorn? What do you got, bud? I can't tell. You slowed down. Are you limping? No, looks like you're all right. But I do have to wash him. He did have, oh, okay, there's the limp. All right. He's got something on the paw here. What do you got, bud? Did you get something? Uh, Oh, you got a little burr there. Okay. Got rid of it. Let's see. Is that good? Is that good, bud? I'm a good, a good doggy owner. Which reminds me, I gotta wash this little bugger. This is time for his weekly bath. So, Um, I might do that as soon as I get home. See, now I got to, getting practical to today, to this moment for me, because I have about five minutes to walk. Um, I suck at discipline. So, oh yeah, strengths, includer. My weakness, weak, my number one weakest thing is harmony, which is really puzzling me, right? Harmony. Because it's a weird, I'm in a weird situation because I want to include everybody, Right? But I have like zero interest in being harmonious. Can you see the conflict there? <laughs> and I can't. It's really hard for me to put those two together. Like zero interest in harmony. Harmony, and and so I'm zero. So by default, whoever's listening to me, you are probably huge and harmony, even if it's like your 16th strength, you're huge, huge. And I'm zero, but I'm an includer. So the the blind spot for includer is I get kind of ticked off if people form exclusive groups and that FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. So how do I deal with the FOMO? Because people are going to form their groups. And I'm probably not going to be included, especially with people who find me difficult to deal with. So they're not going to include me. <laughs> so which just, which just makes it worse, right? <laughs> worse for me. Because I'm like, no, you got to include me. You got to include everyone. You got to include. Screw the harmony, man. Just include everybody. (laughs) We don't need harmony if if we all include everyone, right? This is the the dilemma in my head. So real shout out to $49 Clifton Gallup poll strengths. Um, That's a framework I'm dealing with right now. Along with ENTP and Debater and... I'm a quick start on Colby, a fact finder. So, which is interesting because I'm like opposite in so many ways with some people in the writing community. And yet I'm a quick start fact finder, which some of those might be, even with opposite Myers-Briggs stuff. I still have commonality on Colby. There's probably a reason behind that, and someone can explain it. But I'm an includer, so I just want to be included. So if I can't be included with your Myers-Briggs, at least include me on your Quick Start Colby Colby thing. So yeah, yeah, bud. What you, we, I don't want to be over here, bud. Let's go home. It's time to go home, bud. We gotta do. We got stuff to do. All right. I'm not a big doer. I'm not. The next week thing I have is discipline, right? So I'm not a list maker. Like, okay, let's let's check this off a list. And, uh, but I got a few of those things to do. And that, yesterday was a, b- a bunch of that. Just, uh, I was obedient to my wife to follow through. It helps having her mother over. She's good. She's a hard worker. Of course, my wife's, of course, upset this morning because her mother can't hear very well. She's 70. Wait, no, 80? 80. going to be 80. Can't hear very well. So she says, hey, can you take, my wife says, I'm like, "Um, can you take off the personal pictures off the wall? All right. Personal pictures. And the mother-in-law is like, taking them all off. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I'm 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 okay with that. But it upsets my my wife. Come on, bud. Let's go this way. And so, yeah, you know, I deal with that. I'm learning. I'm learning finance. I don't do well with that kind of shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of inclusion or or, or uh, adaptability. So. I'm pretty adaptable maybe, you know, so I'm probably a lot more adaptable to things than my wife. So, um, but I still have, uh, achievement as a 10th, you know, top 10 strikes. They usually talk about five, but I'm I'm looking at it. It's just, I highly recommend this Clifton strengths thing because see what it tells you, see what it tells you. Uh, it, they do a good job of, bringing it together and giving you some feedback on responses. So I'm going to have to have my wife do it at some point. She's going to have to learn to do that. And Bud, did you do something there? I can't tell. So um, love everyone always. And, And I'm starting to, I had some tough days. I'm having some tough days. And part of the love, everyone always is to remember that you are. And everyone too. You're an everyone. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes they say it's like loving yourself is the greatest love. There's that song, right? Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. But don't stop there. Most people, maybe a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say most people. But there's a few people who stop it <laughs> loving themselves. <laughs> and they don't, they don't go on to like, okay, well, let's love everyone too. That's including me, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was inspired a little bit this morning with Facebook and seeing some music videos that I, from a person that I respect not exactly my exact you know style or anything I never heard of it before but it, you know I enjoyed it it was never heard of it before but it was motivating to her and her friends and I'm like okay I'm open to that let me see what that's all about so but I'm an okay boomer right so some of this stuff misses me because I'm like 20 years. More than 20 years separated from a lot of these folks. And that's all right. Um, Inclusion, right? Include. Inclusion. And today is the 12th of January. It's cold. And I have a... An attachment to... A football team called the Green Bay... Packers. So don't tune out. We're almost done with the podcast. So I I suspect a lot of my listeners don't really give a crap about football, which is okay. But it goes deep in my, one of my contexts, right? So I have a strength called context, which is about history and learning from the past. So uh, my father is Catholic, Roman Catholic. So I guess some people could say, if I want to pump you up, say, oh, I took massive action yesterday. Massive. I took massive action by doing what? What did I do? Well, my dad is Roman Catholic. He's passed away. And I'm always curious about that. And I love the Roman Catholics, right? That's a transformational change for me. Transformational change. So, turns out, I missed out. I, it wasn't just a fear of missing out. It was an actual missing out on my dad's family. And I have a nun. I have a cousin who is a freaking nun, right? And freaking in the excited, cool thing mode, right? <laughs> so... Maybe some of you are Roman Catholic or have a Roman Catholic background. And maybe you have a priest or a nun in your family. But I do I do. I have a nun. She's seventy-eight, I think, so maybe seventy-seven. And she's nineteen years older than I am, at least. And She's the daughter, I think, of my dad's oldest, oldest brother, Cy, S-Y. And she grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's why I'm connected to Green Bay. And uh, so uh, she's been a nun. Virginia or I think they call her Ginger, Ginger (laughs) the Nun, Ginger the Nun, and I've never ever written her a letter. I don't don't think if I I walked next to her, I wouldn't even know who she was, my cousin, and it turns out she wrote a letter to my mom that, uh, because that's her uncle's Her uncle's uh, wife, right? My mom. And she just sent a Christmas card and a little note. So my mom gave it to me because I'm lucky enough to have my 94-year-old mother, right? And uh, so Ginger sent a note. So now I have her address. So I'm like, you know, I've been contemplating this whole organized religious thing, you know? So I thought, you know what, I might as well reach out, say hi to the the nun in the family. And what's kind of funny is, hey, bud, is in her Christmas letter, she sent the the form letter, too. She did both a personal note and the year-end summary. And she was in Germany last summer, right? I'm like, wait a minute. I was in Germany, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, wouldn't that be funny if uh, we happened to be in the same spot? We could have been within five feet of each other in Dresden, for example, right? My favorite city. Dresden. My, My aunt, who I wouldn't recognize from squat, could have been walking around. Dresden within five feet of me. That is bizarre. To me, that's bizarre. To you, maybe that's, that's, just, that's just the way things are now, right? So um, the, we're at 54 minutes. So Bud did not get discouraged by the temperature. So we just made it home. There's an airplane, a little airplane flying over. Sounds great. Love the airplanes. So I wrote Ginger. Sent her... I don't know, must have been a, I typed up, because I can bang these things out in like 20 minutes. Sent her like five-page synopsis of my life. <laughs> and it, But more importantly, like asking her questions about the family differences, right? The whole, um, you know, my, my dad, the wayward Roman Catholic who goes off, goes off and marries a Protestant in the forties. Right. And yet he, my, my dad was relatively you know, famous for the forties for being a college basketball player at Northwestern university. Right. So, you know, I don't really know that family. But I got a nun in the family, a nun. So we'll see what that letter stirs up. We'll see what that communication stirs up with the nun. I don't know. I mean, we're Irish basically, but, you know, I'm curious if she, if she might have had, there. there is one German uh, connection that I didn't know we had. I was kind of hoping I had no, no German in my blood. <laughs> But apparently Moses Ward, you know, I, I'm a descendant of Moses. I can trace my lineage back to Moses, which if I just let that sit there, it kind of it's kind of funny, right? What? What? How can you, you trace your life? Yeah, Moses Ward, some Irish guy that came over in 1856. Yeah, yeah, Moses. Well, it turns out he married a woman named Horst, H-O-R-S-T, who must be German in Pennsylvania. So here the Irish guy comes over, meets this woman. Have no idea about her. She They have a bunch of kids. One of them is Thomas. Thomas became the father of my father. So um, Virginia or Ginja is in that, much closer to that time period by 19 years or so. So she probably has, and she's stuck with that core part of the family. So she probably has, good insight into that. And is that important, right? Well, for me, I'm a context guy, right? I'm a context. That's one of my strengths. So if you take the Clifton strength, shout out again, encourage you to do that. Context may be your last, last strength. So like harmony for me, you might be thinking that, well, this is a piece of crap story. What is it? So for context, the strength of context is about learning from the past and how you can integrate it into Um, the present moment, right? So I look for those connections. So I look at like, why is Ginger interested in Germany? Is it it possible because she um, appreciates her grand, I guess it would be her great grandfather's marriage to a German woman. I don't know, you know, or is it because she's a nun and um, Roman Catholicism is, is both strong and divided in Germany. It's a, Germany is a fascinating country when it comes to the Roman Catholic and the Protestant religions. Little factoid note for for me, having lived in Germany, um, they they still to this day ask you like, well, what's your religion? Is it Roman Catholicism or Protestant? And if you say one of those, they'll take 3% out of your check and give it to the church. Whoa, how about that, folks? How about that, folks? Right out of your paycheck every week, two weeks, month, whenever you get paid. If you're Roman Catholic, it costs you something in Germany. You know, It's going to cost you 3%. You know? and, that, and if you're Protestant, right? So what did yours truly do? who's cheaper than hell and he's American, I'm not religious. (laughs) Me, can you believe that? I I highly qualify as something religious. (laughs) So I stole from the German religious organizations by not declaring Protestant or something. Anyway, folks, great, great chat. I hope you enjoyed that. The what now is love everyone always. Tell people you, you don't believe what Jesus said. That's that's a good opening line to some of your friends. Like, yeah, Jesus was wrong. <laughs> Enjoy. Try that out for me, you know. Try going out to somebody you know that would, would get a kick out of that or however you want to play it. Just go, yeah, I don't know. Not everything Jesus said is right. Yeah. Yeah. He said, love your enemies. Uh, I think he's wrong about that. You know. And then they will be like, what? 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 He'll just go like, well, we don't have any enemies, people. What? He's talking to Jews. The Jews had enemies. We're Gentiles. We don't have enemies. Now, you'll probably get into a big discussion about, well, yes, we have their enemies, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, but they're more political, big groupings. They're not individual enemies, right? That's why World War One story is about the foxholes and the people getting in there. So we're coming to a close. Um, I'm going to end it here. So grace, mercy, and peace to you. Amen.